This is the Rich Eisen Show. Miami Heat, as I said on the show the other day, it's like Godfather Part 3. Every time you think they're out. Murray to tie it. Heat win. They pull you back in. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. They are back in. I just think nobody cares on our team. That's what I think it is. I think it's the I don't give a damn factor. Earlier on the show, Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti, Baseball Hall of Famer, Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. Coming up, NHL on TNT analyst, Eddie Olchek. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. I am literally sitting at Chris Brockman's desk to start this hour because Reggie Jackson has just finished up his hour-long stint here on our program, and he is kindly signing autographs on all of our items. You just got a Chris Brockman just got a baseball autograph by him. I got my baseball card autographed by him. Mike, you're literally standing in the way. Oh, but you're standing in the way of the camera. Audio guy, sit down, audio guy. We'll get your bench signed. Okay, there you go. Sit down. Uh, Eddie Olchuk's about to join us here on this program to talk uh, about the Stanley Cup final. Uh, We just had an incredible hour uh, with Reggie Jackson. In hour number one of this show, uh, we spoke to Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner, uh, newly freshly minted Big Ten commissioner, and uh, he um, spoke about the expansion uh, ideas that folks are ascribing to the Big Ten. Didn't really sound like he was into that idea at the moment, but he also is fresh into the office. We talked about the Live Tour um, merging with the PGA Tour to start our program. And then um, if you missed any of those conversations, as Reggie is now signing the uh, Yankee Stadium bench that Mike Del Tufo brought in here, that's an actual bench that he is signing uh, from the old Yankee (laughs) Stadium, or he's attempting to sign. If you guys want to lift it up for him or anything like that, help him out. Oh, he's getting a oh, silver pen. TJ. Fantastic. See, uh, again, Eddie Olchek's going to join us. Uh, long story short, if you missed anything here <laughs> on the Roku channel, we re-air as soon as this hour is over. Channel 210, we re-air as soon as everything's done. Our podcast is a way you can listen to us every single day through the Cumulus Podcast Network. That is a great way to, uh, to have some fun uh, with us every single day between the hours of 12 and 3 Eastern time. If you missed anything, we re-air right away. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. So I got my card signed. TJ got his Oakland A's jersey signed. A baseball's been signed. And now our uh, Yankee Stadium bench has been signed by Reginald Martinez Jackson. Chris, you want to come back here so I can now go back to my seat? (laughs) You can take over for the next few seconds. This is unbelievable. This is amazing. Yeah, this is what we're doing right now. Rich is making his way back. Mr. October... One of the greatest moments, I think, in Rich Eisen show history. I don't 100%. think I'm understating that. You are not Mike. understating it at all. You Reggie, thank you so much. Reggie, thank you. That was an incredible hour, Amazing. sir. You are a legend. Amazing. Reggie, thank wow. you. Wow. Okay. I, and- I, I kind of didn't want to finish this Reggie bar, Rich, because. But you got to. I oh. think if I finish it, that means it's over, and I don't want this day no. to end. No, right we yeah. still have 20 no. more in the box. Fantastic. There, so. uh, all right. So I'm now back in my show chair. My desk chair is uh, the great Reginald Martinez Jackson leaves, and he leaves us uh, better for having uh, found him because we've got a box full of Reggie bars and so many great memories now uh, here on this show. Uh, the Miami Heat evened up the uh, NBA Finals series mm-hmm. at one game apiece while I was away from the chair. Uh, but the Stanley Cup final, single, singular, is uh, not 1-1. One, not one, one. It is all Vegas Golden Knights over the Florida Panthers. And to help us uh, discuss that right here on the Rich Eisen Show, uh, getting set to play What's More Likely, Stanley Cup Final Edition, presented by NHL on TNT, is from the NHL on TNT. Eddie Olchuk back here on the program. How you doing, Eddie? Hey, pal. I just got to say this. Yes, sir. What an absolute letdown now. Eddie, it's called timing. Timing's everything in life. You know, timing's yeah, everything in life. Yeah. Uh, and one thing that yeah, you could like say uh, timing is, is, uh, you know, um, the, the layoff maybe that the Florida Panthers had because they, they, they took care of business against Carolina so uh, emphatically and won all those games mm-hmm. in overtime. It's so rare yeah. that you would say a team that played all those overtime games getting in the Stanley Cup final is the one that's maybe rusty. Uh, but do you think that is, in fact, the case from what we've seen so far, Eddie? Well, it's been a major drop-off, is it not, Rich, since uh, them doing what they did to Carolina and being on such an unbelievable roll after round one of being down three games to one to the favorite to win the Stanley Cup this year, the Boston Bruins, and they were on an, a heater of all heaters. 
and then you go away for nine days. And it sure looks like that they, you know, lost that uh, that swagger, that confidence. They've given up a boatload of goals. They're not giving a lot of help to uh, Sergei Bobrovsky, who ended up getting pulled last night in game two. So, yeah, it, it, it's a combination that, you know, Vegas is a pretty damn good team, and their goaltender, Aiden Hill, is playing it very well. They coach very well. They play their system very well, and their goal scorers are scoring goals. Where in the Carolina series, Carolina had very limited goal scorers, and you know the, the two main guys were both hurt. So unfortunately for them, they weren't able to play. But it's tough to win games without scoring goals, and that was a real tough problem for Carolina the first three games of that series. So Stanley Cup Final, it, it, it looks like Florida has lost a little bit of it. But look. The mindset, we talked about it on our broadcast last night at the end of the game, Rich, we're just saying, look, okay, we lost the first. This is a selling point for Paul Maurice, the head coach of the Florida Panthers. We lost the first two games on the road. Okay, big deal. It's a best of seven. We just got to go home and win two games in our building, and then it's a best of three. So I think it's more of a sales job, more of a, a politician type of uh, verbiage to his team to you know regain that confidence. And I think they got to play a low-scoring game, Rich. I don't think that they're in any position right now where, you know, Vegas is not going to be given up. I, at least I don't believe. Now, maybe there is that one game. But I, I don't see a 5-4 type of game. Like, I, I don't. Like, I, I think for Florida to get back in the series in a lot of the games that they won and that heater they were on were low-scoring games. So I think it's got to be one of those 2-1-3-2 type of games but they can get back in the series on uh, Thursday night. It's kind of funny, though, as uh, as uh, we're, we're sitting here um, fresh off of, as I mentioned, at the top of the hour, Miami Heat have even their series yeah. at one apiece with Denver. And after game one, it's just like, well, uh, thanks for playing, Miami. Nice that you made it. Um, and now here we are after game two, totally different series. And I'm just wondering if you think Florida might be able to knotted up by going back to South Florida uh, and that there is an op- like what is what is the gateway through I know you just mentioned a couple of things but what what is the gateway yeah. through to get this back to a best of three maybe for them well but, I mean well look I I would be really surprised if they couldn't find a way to win you know one game and you, you would imagine it would, it would I don't say has to be but it, it would tend probably tend to be game three just because how amped up everybody's going to be the desperation is going to be absolutely on the side of the florida panthers the fan base is going to be all lathered up and everybody's going to be ready to go so i i just believe is that you know and they're going to need it and i would assume even though bobrovsky got pulled uh i think you have to go back to him mm. you know alex lyon was their starting goaltender at the, you know toward at the end of the year in the regular season in the playoffs he played the first couple of games and then bob came in and really since he's taken a net they've they've gotten the stanley cup final because of how awesome he has been so they need him somehow some way to regain uh i don't know if awesomeness is a word but he, they gotta he's got to find that and if he does then that gives them every opportunity to have that pathway, so to speak, as you mentioned, Rich, to get back in the series. But Vegas is really good. They're extremely well coached, and they're a big team. They're a heavy team, and they're superstar players. Their offensive players have stepped up to the forefront, and that's why they have a 2 nothing lead in the series. Eddie Olchuk from the NHL on TNT here on the Rich Eisen Show. Eddie, we play a game every week on this program called What's More Likely. My colleague Chris Brockman comes up with an either-or situation, and you must tell us what is one, what is more likely. And I hate to say the word must, but uh, you must, if you don't mind, play What's More Likely. Are you ready, sir? Okay, I'm ready. All right, here we go. We even have a drop for this. Go ahead and hit it. What's more likely? Never say never, but never. All right, here we go. Uh, Chris Brockman, uh, it is time for What's More Likely, presented by NHL on TNT. Christopher, you have the floor. All right, four items. Eddie, as you mentioned, been a rough couple games for Sergei Bobrovsky to start the finals. He was awesome in the first three rounds. So what's more likely? We see the Sergei from rounds one to three. Or from games one and two ah, in game three coming up. I like it. Mm, let's see. Can I can I say just game one in the Stanley Cup final or not? Uh, I'm going to meet you halfway. I, I'll, I'll say we probably see 
probably see the bob of the first two games of the Stanley Cup. Okay, and, and in terms of just moving forward here, Eddie, Chris does not like wavering. He is come out. He gives no. you two choices. Make a choice. You cannot. You can't. You well, can't you really split think it. I want to come on your show after Reggie Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> come on, man! You go on the air after Wayne Gretzky on the NHL on TNT. You must be used to it. Okay, what else you got over there, Chris? What All else? right, Eddie. In the first two games, the Panthers have, uh, you know racked up a lot of penalty minutes, more yeah. than they have shots. Vegas has also scored two power play goals in each of the first two games. So what's more likely, Panthers shots on goal or Panthers penalty minutes nice. in game three? Oh, shots on goal. I think they're going to, every time they get anywhere near the blue line, the offensive zone, I think they're going to funnel as many pucks to the net. And the one thing they need to do a better job of is don't hesitate because Vegas shot uh Shot blocking is as good as there is in a National Hockey League all season long. So quick decisions enforce Aiden Hill, the goaltender for the BGK, to uh, stop puck. So I think the shots on goal. They, they, they can't. That the parade to the penalty box has to stop. It just has to stop because you're not going to win that battle against the Vegas Golden Knights. Who said you miss 100% of the shots you don't take? Who said that? Well, it was Wayne Gretzky. Well, I would imagine Michael it was probably Scott. a great one. Okay, very good. Yeah, I think that's yeah. Just keep on. I mean, I, I don't. I don't mean to keep bringing up Wayne Gretzky, but you know, this is the, this is this is it, right, Eddie? This is it. You know, this is it. You're right. This what, is it. We're halfway through. What's more halfway likely? Through. Presented by NHL on TNT. What do you got there? All right, Eddie. Uh, Jonathan Marchessault so is on a tear right now. Two goals yeah. and an assist in Game Two. Twelve goals in the entire playoff. A seven-game point streak. Who's more likely to win the Conn Smythe, Marcia So, or the field? I'll say Jack Eichel. Oh, like it. Like it. Buffalo just shut yeah, off I would the radio. Assume he's a, I would assume he's a part of the field. Right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah he's in the, he's in the field. Yeah, he's in the field. We'll take it. Oh, he got he he got knocked silly into the field, did he not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, my gosh. All right, what else but you got? He did come back and had a couple of beautiful apples in that third. Because he's a hockey player. To use the Dan Patrick phrase. What else you got, Chris? All right, last up? one, Eddie. Florida's been in this position before. Obviously, they were down 3-1 to Boston in the opening round and rattled off six straight wins. Uh, so what's more likely? The Panthers win the next two, even it up, or the Knights complete the sweep? I would probably lean more towards a sweep, but I don't see that happening with the choices that I have. So I do not, I do, I do not see... Uh, a sweep in this series, okay. gentlemen. Sweep. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, so you're saying, like, what is more likely that this is well, a sweep? I more likely, I, I think more likely is is a sweep than them winning the next two games. I think they'll win one of the next two games. I don't think they can win both games. That's that's my thought. There you go. See, there you go. I, I, will you accept that answer, even though it's not one of your choices, Chris? And I I, I do this to him all the time, Eddie. So I totally. I, I'll, I'll, get it. I'll accept it as long as Eddie gives me the Belmont exacta coming. Up. <laughs> <laughs> no, Eddie, don't right, worry. Well, about the, the, the post position draws in about an hour and a half, so uh, text me probably uh, Friday morning. We'll hit you soon. Done. But in the meantime, we'll we'll see you on the uh, the Stanley Cup final coverage of Game Three and uh, and throughout. Thanks for the time, Eddie. Greatly appreciate okay, it. Kyle, nice to talk. Right to back you. at you. That's what's more likely. Stanley Cup final edition presented by NHL on TNT. That uh, witness history unfold as Wayne Gretzky and the NHL on TNT crew bring you the ultimate showdown for one of the most iconic trophies in sports. Watch the Stanley Cup final continue on TNT with Game 3 this Thursday. Fun stuff. 844-204-RICH number to dial. When we come back, we take your phone calls and also the phone call of Alan Shipnuck. Mr. Fire Pit Collective himself, the one who wrote the book on Phil and the quote that started the whole thing with the Live Tour and the PGA Tour, and he's joining us on the day we find out there's a merger between the two that some very warm place has, in fact, frozen over. (laughs) 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Don't go anywhere. What a show we've got rolling here. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, I'm just not myself. You know the deal. 
you know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Mike Del Tufo is standing at a microphone that's uh, about, I'd say, 20 feet away. Yep. Looking right at Mr. Wonderful of Kevin O'Leary of Shark Tank. Go for it, Mike Del Tufo. What happens if, like, something happens to me and 2,500 miles away, my family's there and they don't know, I could be sitting in the apartment alone, dead for days. So I came up with an idea for an app called Just In Case that would be basically you download it and you could check in with this app and other people could see that A, you're alive still. You could basically be tracked with it. Just to get the whole story yeah. before I completely eviscerate you. Go ahead. How, how, how would you make money doing this? You, a subscription per, per month. Oh, people are gonna pay per month. 99 cents per month, very cheap. If your mom calls you for two days and doesn't get an answer, she's probably gonna call the super and say, go check on his corpse. Like, think about it. They don't need 99 cents a but month for that. But in theory, wouldn't you want, if it's something you don't have to do, Mike, other people can check in. When you're in. dead, you're dead. <laughs> like, who cares? How does the app there know are, you're dead? The app doesn't know you're dead. You what have to tell is, it you're not the dead. The app would tell you that yet. you're not checking in. Every time you unlock your phone, it would ping, and you put people on a list that know that if, like, your, your mother is in Florida. She could be sitting in the house. You know that at least she's checked in on her phone. If you're their kid, you don't have to talk to him on the phone. You don't have to call him. And if it's a kid, why you know the you, kid. Why, if you think you're, if you're, if you're worried if your mother's happened. dead, why don't you call her? Well, call let's say mother, Mike. people don't call their mother and father live 2,500 miles Mom, away every day. I just want to make sure you're not minutes. dead. Like, are you kidding? You should call your mother every day. No, no, no. I'm talking about like all day. You don't know. Oh, oh you want to know the exact moment your yeah, mother died. You can check in. You know that they've actually. <laughs> exactly. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial right here on the program. The Rich Eisen Show radio network uh, is back on the air. I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. If you're on hold, please stay on hold. I know you sat through an hour of, or you listened to or enjoyed, I shouldn't say sat yeah, through, <laughs> of Reggie Jackson being in studio in hour number two. We just talked Stanley Cup final with Eddie Olchuk in hour one. We had Tony Petiti, the Big Ten uh, commissioner. But the story of the day is the Live Tour and the PGA Tour forming an alliance. Whew. So I guess the fire pit collective is frozen over. Uh, joining us here right now is Alan Shipnuck, whose work on this front is well known and has been fantastic. And I could not be more appreciative of Alan joining us on this huge day to give us his thoughts. How you doing, Alan? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Rich. What, what happened today, Alan? <laughs> Absolute thunderbolt. I mean, this is, this is the biggest story golf has seen, you know, non-Tiger division this century. And... Um, 
there's been so many twists and turns in, in this in this tale. Um, but we finally have something like a resolution. Uh, many details still need to be worked out, but um, the war is over, and now it's about winning the peace. And it's going to be fascinating to see how this all plays out. Well, why did why did the war come to an end? It was it was unsustainable for both sides. The P, you know the PGA Tour to try and you know fight off this incursion from Live Golf had put all its chips in the middle of the table, but it was basically borrowed money. They um, they were tapping the reserves they'd built up, and they were trying to squeeze all of their corporate sponsors for more and more um, support. And the sponsors were pushing back. And I think the tour realized this is we just can't keep going. I mean, AT and T just pulled out of the Byron Nelson, the Honda Honda pulled out of the Honda Classic. Like the the, the asking price has gotten much too high for the the return on the investment. And for um, for Live Golf. It took a monumental effort to launch, and credit to them, they got this thing off the ground. But their ratings on the CW network were so abysmal, they stopped reporting them. I mean, I think they realized that it was just a limited audience for, for what they were they were proposing. And so um, they were on this path of, you know, mutually assured destruction, to use an old Cold War term. And it just made sense to finally put the egos aside and the grievances and the name-calling and the lawsuits and all the related bitchiness and just find a solution that was going to be, that would make sense for both sides and be sustainable for both sides. And to, and, and beneficial to both sides is uh, neither gets deposed. One, you know, no one in the Saudi government has to be deposed and nobody uh, in the PGA tour gets sued for antitrust. Those go away. Everybody puts their, you know, uh, I guess thoughts aside and, what is, what what does Jay Monahan say to Rory McIlroy and everybody who turned down that money uh, by making peace with the the organization that paid a whole bunch of his colleagues money? Uh, Rory's out, uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, half billion at least. What does he say to them, Alan? Uh, I'm sorry. Please please forgive me. Don't delete my phone number. Um, you know it's. There's still a way for these guys to get paid. I mean, so many details have to be worked out, but the live model is going to endure in some fashion, and they can still they can still pay Rory and give him a franchise. They could even do that with with Tiger, even as a non-playing captain. Um, no doubt, there's going to be some makeup money that's going to flow from the public investment fund into some of these these top tour players who remain loyal and and renounced and turn down the deals. But, you know, the gold rush is over. There's there's not much leverage anymore. Um, I mean, how much they really – they don't really need Rory McIlroy's blessing anymore. They don't need John Rahm. This is happening with or without them. And so um, they will try and make good in some fashion, but um, there's going to be some very hurt feelings. And, you know, it's not the, – the Roms and the Rorys, they're going to be okay either way. Um but it's like Ricky Fowler, he turned down $75 million from Live Golf. And, and now he's been, he's been in this multi-year slump. Uh, you know, he has no leverage. He has no bargaining power. It's, there's a whole other class of, of player who they're not going to make it up to. And, and they, they, they missed out on a, a once-in-a-lifetime windfall. So it's going to be a very complex uh, negotiation for, for Jay Monahan and some of the other tour loyalists to try and – try and uh, work their way through the, <laughs> these next few months and years as, as, as these guys, you know, they bought into everything that the tour was selling and everything that Monahan was saying. But in the, in the end, uh, you know, money always wins. And that's really the headline. No, it might not be that they bought into what Monahan was selling. Maybe they didn't want to take the Saudi money. Maybe they had some sort of a principle um, that they didn't want to break. And um, now you're saying that there will be some sort of reparations slush fund funded by the Saudis that, 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 that will be serve as a, as a, we're sorry, take all the money that, uh, that we wanted to offer you and you didn't want to take from us. And is that really what you just suggested, Alan might happen? Well, I, I love that you're such an idealist, Rich. I, mean, I am. Uh, I, I don't have to tell you. No, and, and I understand, too, is that, you know, the, the, you know uh, the, the Saudis could come and buy the National Football League. You know what I mean? Like, and then, and then, and then what? You know, and that's what a lot of people are, 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 I guess, extrapolating today to mean. I mean, did the Saudis just buy golf, Alan? Did that just happen? 
they bought a piece of it for sure. Um, just like they've, they've been buying, you know, English premier uh, football teams and they've been hosting big time F1 races and they've heavyweight boxing bouts and everything from, from horse racing to snooker. I mean, the Saudis have just become bigger and bigger players in professional sports. And, uh, that makes a lot of people uncomfortable, rightly so. But it, it it just is. I mean, they 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 are a, they are a factor in in the modern life in any number of ways. Whether it's a Boeing jet or taking an Uber or all these things that they've they become part of the global economy and, and sports is is now been swept up in that. So yeah, there's um, I think every sports league is going to have to gird themselves for for this this kind of uh, intrusion. And sports fans as well, but you know, if you if you look at what's happening in the English Premier Football, the teams that aren't owned, and it's not just the Saudis, also the Qataris, um, Egyptian. There's there's been a lot of Middle Eastern money that's flown into that sport, and the teams that aren't owned by those interests, the fans are bitter because they don't have the money to compete. Like if you're, um, you know, if you're a, a a team, whatever your favorite sport is. If, if there's no salary cap, you know, this is like the, the Brewers competing against the Yankees, right? And so um, it's the calculus has changed. I mean, the, the, the insidious thing about sports washing is that it works because over time people get tired of the debate. They get tired of, of, of the preaching, whatever it is. There's just a fatigue set in and, and people shrug their shoulders and say, okay, I guess this is just the way it is. And that's, that's the long game that the Saudis have been playing here, and it's obviously been proven quite effective. So, yeah, the, whether it was John Rahm or it was Rory or it was Tiger, you know, they had their reasons for saying no to, um, to the Live Golf offers. But, um, you know, Live Golf is now the PGA Tour. They're one and the same. Wow. Alan Shipnuck here on the Rich Eisen Show from the Fire Pit Collective. Party at Phil's house today? <laughs> He's certainly feeling vindicated. I mean, you know, he – He's been raging against the machine for a long time of, of professional golf, and you know that it was a sort of antiquated model where the the PJ Tour was this this five hundred one c three nonprofit. They couldn't take an outside investment, they couldn't sell equity, and that he felt like golfers and every stakeholder in the game was losing out on the real big money. Um, and he was right for sure. I mean, this has been this has proven it, and um, you know it came at a high cost reputationally for Phil, but he, um, you know, he cashed in, he took, he took the money up front and he, he owns a live franchise. And there's a lot of details that still need to be worked out, but the, the live golf model of having these teams is not going to go away. And so the players who own these franchises, those values just skyrocketed because the, all of a sudden you're going to, you're going to get all the best players together in these, in these, these joint events. They're going to be televised on the, on the major networks, not on CW or not on, not on YouTube. So the TV money is going to flow, the exposure, the corporate sponsorships. And, you know, to your earlier point, like there's, there's this uneasiness about doing business with Saudi Arabia, even though everyone does it. I mean, whether it's the biggest tour sponsors have huge interest. PJ tour sponsors have huge interest in Saudi Arabia, whether it's FedEx, FedEx or Coca-Cola mm-hmm. or Morgan Stanley, they all do business over there, but it's been sort of on the down low. And this is going to change that. It's like, they, the all of a sudden their the, the official stamp approval in the world of golf has been granted to, to do business. So the value of these these live franchises is um, is going to be what they always hoped it would be. Um, and so a guy like Phil, who owns you know a big chunk of his team, and Bryson and Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson, I mean they're getting paid coming and going. They, they got the money to sign. Now they're going to make the money on the franchises. So um, the players who stay below the PGA Tour are, are losing out both ways. So then describe to me here, because this is, I think, the most confusing aspect to so many fans in the first blush um, uh, moments of this stunning news that the Live Tour and the PGA Tour are going to join forces after the PGA Tour said, you know, never. So are you saying that there's going to be some PGA Tour events, they'll decide which ones they are? that are just going to be live tour and the, the, the it's going to be the same branding, but under the PGA tour umbrella, anyone can join a team. There's going to be a team aspect. Uh, like how does this work? Yeah. Now? Well, so many, so many details are unknown, but it's not going to be a live or a tour event. It's going to be this new entity. They haven't even named it yet. So it's, it's going to be a whole third rail. You'll have your traditional 
PJ Tour events in Phoenix and in Pebble Beach and all those places. But then um, there was already going to be contraction of the PJ Tour schedule because the the as the tours devoted more and more money and, and attention to the the biggest names and the glitziest events, they were losing sponsorships and these these sort of B list events were going to wither and and blow away anyway. So now what's going to happen? Those spots that open up on the calendar. They're going to plug in these new events, you know, whatever they're called, live slash tour. And the players are going to be able to flow back and forth. So uh, how that's going to that's going to be very contentious, how they're going to uh, who who the gatekeeper is going to be and how that's going to play out. That's going to take a long time to figure out. But basically, um, you know, if Roy doesn't want to play in those. That's that's his his choice. But um I think you can expect all the top players are going to go to these events, and it's going to be sort of this super schedule where you have the elevated PGA Tour events, and then you have these, this this new this new tour within a tour that, that's going to have the team component. And so there'll be all the best live players, and there'll be some of the best PGA Tour players. And um, as a golf fan, I think it's a huge win. You're just going to get all the you know because because the way that the tours have been been separated, they're only coming together now four times a year at the majors. That's what that's what made the Masters and the PGA Championship so electric. You have the live guys against the tour guys. Well, now they're going to be mixing a lot more often. And I'm in the minority here, but I've enjoyed the team aspect on live. I, I think it's been cool. And um, you know, everyone had to pretend to hate it because you had to pick a side. And mm. modern life is so polarizing; you can't see any nuance. And so, all the tour loyalists said, "Oh, the team stuff's lame," and, and live. But but it's been if you got into it, it's been fun to follow. And so now. I mean, the last thing we need is more 72-hole stroke play events. Like, the PJ Tour is so tedious. It's the same thing week after week. So the, these these new events, whatever they're called, uh, will just bring a whole different dimension to it. You'll have these built-in rivalries. And Liv has already, you know, very cleverly created these team identities with one team's all Australian, one's all South, South African, one is all Asian, uh, one is Latin American. And so you, you get these built-in rooting interests. And so... Now you add the friction of bringing together the tour loyalists and the live guys. And I think, you know, if you can set aside your qualms about where the money is coming from, and that's not easy for a lot of people, and I understand. As a golf fan, I think your life just got better. And instead of having, you know, the, the John Deere Classic with no stars in it, you're going to get these mega combined events with a different format. And um, I, I think I think has a chance to be really, really uh exciting and impactful and um if just speaking as a, as a golf consumer so um a couple more minutes for you uh, alan two more questions for you alan shipnuck here what, what does it mean for the for the for the guy who's 250 230 to 300 on the tour what does that guy what is what does this mean for for the rank and file if you will yeah well they've already been marginalized i mean with the pga tour in its in this battle to 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 keep his top players, you know, they, they kind of bifurcated the schedule where you have these elevated events, huge money, all the top players, then you had all these other events, you know, much smaller money. And that, that was what was left for the journeyman basically. So their life had already changed. And, um, however, you know, they will have opportunities because the European tour is part of this announcement because it's been, it's been hitched to the, the PGA tour mm-hmm. institutionally for the last year. And live gobbled up the Asian tour and has poured a lot of money in. So there's always going to be a, a place to play, but it might not be in it might not be in uh, in Arizona or Florida. You might have to go to Kuala Lumpur or um, you know Madrid. But there will be opportunities for these guys to play, and there'll be good money because the PIF is now going to open the spigot and and kind of take care of the entire golf ecosystem. So, um, but. It's clear, like golf has gone to a star system. They've prioritized the big names. You know, live, live made that happen, and, and the tour responded. And so, uh, these guys will have a place to play. They'll probably make more money, but they're probably there's going to be some long plane flights in their future. And then the the last question is, as as you mentioned, the reimagining of what the PGA Tour looks like in a in a season of of golf looks like. Is it possible that PIF PIF, as you referred to, decides to anoint a new um fifth major right or or because the majors are already 
Um, well, some of them, some of them are the purse isn't the largest on the tour for some of these majors. Is it possible they decide we're just going to create a new spot, we're going to pour a ton of money and make one purse so damn big, the media and the players will be forced to consider it as one of the most important uh, nah, events. They, they don't, they don't have that power. That belongs to a much more learned, sophisticated, and important constituency, the sports writers. We decide nice. what matters. Nice. Um, Attaboy. Look I at mean, you. the PJ Tour has, has pumped money into the Players' Championship forever. No one considers it okay. a, a major. You know, money is not what makes these things matter. It's history. It's venue. It's, it's provenance. It's, um, so they, they could, you know, they could create a – they could have a half billion dollar purse. It doesn't make it a major. It just makes it, uh, you know, decadent. So, the majors, the majors, their importance will remain, but um, the landscape is certainly going to change around around week to week leading up to the, the tournaments that really matter. And uh, I guess if Live Tour and the PGA Tour are getting together, are you and Greg Norman BFFs again? Right now, you're together, right? I mean. Greg, Greg, this has been 30 years in the making for Greg Norman. He's finally gotten the yeah. vindication he sought. He's finally gotten the validation from the PGA Tour. So Greg's happy. Um, my relationship with Greg comes and goes, but I will say, I mean, he's been the driver in all this. And whatever your personal feelings about the guy, you, you have to tip your cap and say his his force of will, this vision he had back in 1994, I mean, it, he's, he has reshaped the sport in a profound way. So um whatever his shortcomings as a human being as as a businessman and as a visionary i mean it, he's, he's looking pretty good today well I, at least we the photograph of uh of this this moment in time for me the live tour <laughs> versus pga tour will always that photograph of him staring a hole through you while you know you're being pulled aside um that's it for me alan i'll be honest with you it's a classic it's the classic of the genre and um <laughs> yeah uh, I, i'm i'm glad that i that, I impacted you so so deeply. You always do. Uh, keep looking for more of my phone calls. I know you're you're uh, you got a lot of people pulling at you today. I appreciate you calling into my show, Alan. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you got it. Always fun. Thanks. Thank you. That's Alan Shipnook, the Fire Pit Collective writer who is at the center of everything. Right here on our program. Crazy, isn't it, Chris? I, I'm stunned. I'm stunned. I'm just wondering. You know, they're having this meeting later at the. At the Canadian Open. 4 p.m. Eastern time. What do the players say? There's a lot of people tweeting out that some of the guys who are in that famous Delaware meeting where they kind of reshaped the tour. Yes. Tiger and Rory, you know, yes. the, video, the videos of those guys getting off the private yes. jets. And yeah, go, yeah. That these guys feel manipulated. You and think? You, and, you, and it's like, what are they going to say to Jay Monahan face-to-face with him today? WTF? What's your malfunction? Is it, a, is it a walkout situation? Do these guys just not play the Canadian Open this week in, in a form of silent protest? I don't know, because as you just heard Alan say, that there's going to be, you know, as the, the amount of funds that the PIF, which is, again, the Public Invest, Investment Fund, which is the Saudi money has to be so insanely significant that the PGA tour said yes. Right. And that it's going to fund what he mentioned. Maybe whoever's got just got their tour card. You are now like a 53rd man or 50th man on the roster in the NFL. You get a minimum salary. You get all those benefits. You get your pension starting to fund. You get all that sort of stuff, or you got to have a few years in, but at least you started. You're now in the pros and and they'll have to fund all of that. They'll have to fund, I guess, as he mentioned, you know, so many sponsors are like, we can't afford that money. So there won't be any sponsors now. Or they, the PIF decides who the sponsors are. And then you're trying to see what it looks like uh, in terms of reparations that he mentioned how there are still going to be franchises. Yeah. And Alan mentioned, Alan Shipnuck just joined us from the Fire Pit Collective. He mentions how that the team aspect, as he's watched Live Golf, he kind of thinks is cool and it's kind of fun and you can follow it. And then there's certain teams of just that adds geographic interest to it. So there's a certain sort of Ryder Cup to it. Like it's the European team versus an American team versus a South African team versus a New Zealand team. So there's some nationalistic part of it mm-hmm. and that some events will be that. It'll be different than the 72-hole right. aspect and it'll be fresh potentially to look at and that in order for Rory to make up some of the cash he gave up, 
you've got a team now. You now own that franchise. And so that's a way to kind of make it up like a reparations. I don't know. And then is the question is acceptable if you're Rory, like, hey, I took all these slings and arrows for a year and a half. I don't and, know. And you're giving me ownership of a team. I, it Thanks. wouldn't be for me. Me neither. A lot of people are saying this is a great day for the golf fan because now we kind of get what we wanted all along. All the best players playing against each other all the time. I don't feel like this is a great day for me, and I'm a huge golf fan. I kind of feel dirty now. I, I feel I feel similar to that as well because uh, it's first blush, and you heard I went all in. I breathed fire on this thing to start the program. Um and I feel the same way about you. I'm wondering if I feel the same way months from now. Maybe. And the, I don't know. I, I don't I know, know either. But what this is going to have to do is bring these two factions together in a way that they're cool with it. And that's going to take a long-ass time. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine it's going to take a long time yeah, for this w- marriage to feel... Yeah. Like they're they're they love each other again, and then because you have to wonder what to call it. Also, like, what do you call this right. this live versus it, it, this new live PGA Tour relationship? Yeah, like, is what's it, it is called? It, is it just golf plus? Golf plus, I, golf plus. <laughs> PGA plus, PGA plus. Because no you know idea. you just put a plus on everything, yeah, right. or I, I know what to call it. Certainly, since it's just a shocker, it's a total shocker of of a development. And two sides that don't love each other but have to be with each other. I know what to call it. Call it Max. There you go. <laughs> call it Max. Golf call Max. it the Max Tour. Golf Max. The Golf Max yeah, Tour. Golf I don't know because we saw it on Max a couple Sundays ago. Aye, aye, aye. Shiv. The Shiv Tour. <laughs> the Shiv Tour. <laughs> you know? I'm just really done. And, and I really uh, can't wait to Gans, see. You know? I mean, honestly, they're yeah. just... They're going to be like barely holding hands together for a while. And then we're going to have to, these are going to have to be serious conversations with boatloads of money and a lot of apologies. Like it's just going to take more than Jay, like Jay Monahan. How many, I'd love to know how long he has allotted in his schedule for this 4 p.m. Eastern meeting at the Canadian Open today. It better be more than an hour. Right. Because there's going to be a line out the door. Oh, because again, you've got like what? Are, what are the Mark Hubbard's Rich Eisen show favorite? Right. Mark Hubbard, Our guy. Like, like what? I mean, he's talking about. I don't have child care sometimes. Mm-hmm. I need that. You know what? What does this mean for him? I. Right, when are we going to hear from Tiger and Rory and? Well, the U.S. Open is here John in town Bob. next week. It's going to be absolutely insane next week. I'm already seeing signs all over L.A. for, like, parking. And by the way, miles away from the course, I might add. $500. I mean, it's going to be crazy. Wow. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Take your phone calls to wrap up this crazy, wild, jam-packed Tuesday edition of the Rich Eisen Show. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Are you still playing fantasy football? You still doing that? Um, I, I not really. No, I, 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 I'm in a league, but I don't, I don't control it. One of my buddies controls it for me. Well, because I know we've had conversations about this before, and that there are some interesting, um, uh, I guess, tasks that the loser of this league must undertake. So, are you, if you lose, 
even though you're not part of the day-to-day. -day oh, yeah, they'll, they'll hold me to it. Absolutely. I don't, I don't even know if I could tell you who's on my team right now, but um, if I were to lose, they would they would absolutely hold me to it, and uh, we, we'd have to go take care of business. What are some of the um, fails that I guess that you have to do? What are some of the, the responsibilities of the losers of your league? What is uh, Last year, the loser uh, had to go to Alaska for a day. What do you mean? Like, for a day? Yeah. For a day? Yeah. Okay. They went to a place called Nome, Alaska. Actually, where the Iditarod, it, it goes through there, I think. Yeah, so, so the loser, flood race. regardless of the geographic spot in the United States, would have to, for a day, get on a plane and and prove per, proof of purchase of the ticket and then take a photo, like, how do you- Oh yeah, I mean, there was, there was tasks involved. It was, I think he went in, in March. Um, Okay. But it was, it, it was, yeah, it was a whole thing. And that was just one year, that was just last year. This year, it'll be entirely different. What other previous uh, years? Any other examples? Because that's amazing. You have to go to Nome, Alaska. The year before the loser, you know, uh, Barstool Sports does the rough and rowdy, the boxing deal. He fought in that. <laughs> At the Super Bowl, the year we were there, he, he was he was fighting in the, in the, in the boxing on Friday night uh, before the game there. Oh my gosh! Yeah. This is a—you do not want to lose your fantasy league. Jeff. No, you don't. No, that's why I, I try to—I try to put a lot of faith in, in, in my buddy that's running yeah. the Check out our YouTube page as well to keep up to speed on everything we do here. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, eight four four two zero four. Rich number to dial. Jimmy in San Antonio has been hanging on forever Jimmy. and a day. Jimmy, Jimmy. hope you enjoyed Jimmy. the show. Hanging on for as long as you did. What's Hola. going on, Jimmy? Qué pasó, hermanos? Qué pasó, los muchacho? Well, I've got a couple of jokes, and then we'll get to the real stuff. First of all, <laughs> so glad Olchek followed Senor Martinez Jackson and not me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was hard to follow. Shout out to Ted Lang, Isaac from the Love Boat. <laughs> and when Reggie said, hey, Rich, I met the queen in 75, you said, the real one? <laughs> well, I mean, with Reggie Jackson, you got to delineate between the real and the fake queen, right? I mean, I know, but you're, the young Rich Eisen showed you were eight years old. You I was, bro. down during that whole interview. That the was very one? cool. Thanks, pal. Yeah. All right, now to live vid. I am livid. I don't know. This is this could be uh, June 6, 2023, uh, a huge pendulum swing in sports for every league. This is insane because don't the PGA know who their money demo is? Older and predominantly conservative and American, and now the Saudis just bought us out? I don't know. And they said the, they said they wanted the to get Masters? younger, Jimmy. They said they wanted to get younger, and that this is a way to to speak to the youth. And um, well, the youth don't bank with uh, these J.P. Morgan. They don't bank with Charles Schwab. They don't buy Genesis or BMW. They are. This does not look good, in my opinion. I don't know for sure, but you see where I'm going with this. I do. This is not good. I appreciate it, Jimmy. Thanks for hanging on as long as you did. Thanks, brother. Hey, brother. I think we've covered this subject matter significantly on today's program. Um, and I guess, uh, speaking of breathing fire, uh, Patty Considine, the uh, king from the newest version of uh, Game of Thrones, is uh, the House of Dragons. He's, he'll be on tomorrow's program. Yeah, yeah. So, nice. um, And I got to be honest with you, man. Um, we've done, we, we're, we're so fortunate to do what we do every day. Thanks to, um, our partners throughout the year and our latest one, and hopefully our forever one, uh, Roku and the Roku channel. Um, I don't know where, uh, eating Reggie bars, all of us with <laughs> Reggie Jackson himself. That was insane. Will rank. That's a top fiver, right? Absolutely. Of my life. Uh, and that's a top fiver. Reggie threw me a Reggie bar. I know, because I was throwing it, but I have like this huge mic in front of my throwing hand. And so like, I was I was a little bit off, and he goes, give me that. He was upset with my throwing, which is just the latest example of my physical attributes showing why I talk about stuff for a living. Um, and uh, he um, throws out Reggie bars to all of us. Yeah. And... Decides to open one up, and I okay, I'll have one too. 
Chris was already done with his. You're already done with yours. Chris is out three or four. This may be the first Reggie bar I've had since I was, you know, 10 when he was talking about 1979. And, you know, and then asking him about his third home run of the night to wrap up the 1977 World Series in Game 6 in Yankee Stadium, the old Yankee Stadium, and how I told him, as he got to tell him to his face, that was the moment, if I had to remember, when I became a baseball fan. That might be just be, you know, five, four and a half decades later, a false memory, I don't know. But if you ask me, hey, when did you first fall in love with baseball? I'd say, that was it. That was the moment. And be able to tell it to that guy, to his face, on this show, with my name on it, is like childhood memory, wow. Yeah. Right? And then him basically saying, no, my biggest home run for me was earlier in September... When, you know, I beat the Red Sox in the ninth inning where if we had lost, we'd have been a half game out. Instead, we were a game and a half up, and that was a win that helped propel us to the playoffs and thus that moment he had in Yankee Stadium. And I looked down at the baseball card I had Mm -hmm. since I was a kid that I was having here with him. And on the back, the note, which just seems like, yeah, okay, it's kind of early. funny that yeah. that this is the note on the back of a Reggie Jackson baseball card. He said he had a two-run home run on September 14th, 1977 to beat the Bo Sox in the ninth inning. And that's the moment he was talking about. That's I had no insane. idea that was on the back of the baseball card that he then signed. And the thing is, what so the hell? you read that probably hundreds of times and you just, just kind of just... Like I don't even remember else. it. I don't know if yeah. you ever saw it. I just took it out of, the, out of the casing just to read it. And I'm like, holy cow, that's the base. That's the, that's the home run... You were talking about it. He didn't know the date. Now he does. Now September he does. 14th, 1977. By the way, that was a 2 nothing game. It was 0-0 in the ninth, and he had a two-run homer to win it. Out of respect to you, I didn't ask him uh, to remember the Bucky Dent home run, where he was. <laughs> well, I wasn't born yet, so. That's okay. <laughs> I got to, not only was I born, I got to stay home oh, from Hebrew school for that, that game. We all watched that that <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Even Joel and Ev Eisen knew that was a significant game I had to stay home for in the afternoon. I'm not going to Hebrew school. (laughs) Not today. (laughs) I'll learn about Abraham another time. (laughs) Right? Essentially is what I said. That was my message. Not worded that My parents picked up what I was putting down. Rich, your Messiah that day was There is. He was my my Bucky. Bucky The Book of Bucky. The Book of Bucky. So I want to thank Reg, uh, Eddie Olchuk. That was funny. I got to follow Reggie. I'm like, well, you follow Wayne Gretzky on TNT. Same thing. Alan Shipnuck and a late ad, and I greatly appreciate him. And Tony Petiti, the Big Ten commissioner. What a show. What a show. We'll chat about Wednesday's show in a moment on Roku.